And even if the tension of the flamethrower not working, I mean, it's oh, an all... And then Matey Boy has got a fully functioning flamethrower. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Why don't you try your flamethrower, mate? Yeah. <laughs> it's just... Oh. Do you reckon... Do you think you're conscious? Do you know you're the thing? Blair definitely knew. The one who they locked away. Right. Um, and then he was like, oh, let me back. And they're like, we're definitely not going to let you back. <laughs> I never thought of that. Like, how much of the thing are you? And how much are you like? Because that, that's again why that scene with the blood yeah. is so good. Because it like it shows everyone's faces, mm. and they're like, are they worried that the person next to them is, yeah. or are they thinking oh, I'm going to get found out? It's a brilliant. That's why it's so good because there's all that going on and there's all that amazing. tension. Hey everybody, and welcome to this episode of Flixwater Podcast. Today I'm joined by David. Hello. And Sam. Hello. And as always, Helen. Hello. And we're going to be talking about John Carpenter's important the thing thank you as always to the mighty people for the mighty mighty tunes and thanks to ben from rockwood audio for his awesome editing skills please do remember to write a review and rate us on apple Podcasts anywhere you can do where you listen to the podcast because it really does help us and you can join in the conversation with us on twitter at flixwatcherpod and on instagram at Flix Watcher. Hello, film fans. Thanks for listening to this episode. Joining us today, we have Sam and David. If you would like to say hello to our listeners and tell them about the work that you do, please. Sure. Hi, everyone. I'm Sam. Uh, I am an illustrator. I mostly do pop culture related works. Over the last few years, I've been fortunate to have made some licensed posters for some of my favorite movies. Um, like Back to the Future, Alien, Die Hard, and some other classics. And so I, I try and do pop culture painting where I can. So yeah. you, you've worked for like Marvel and Disney people. How do those gigs uh, come about? That, that's true. I have, um, well, I also, so I have a, a UK agent. Mm-hmm. And then in the States, I also work with a group uh, called the, the Poster Posse, which started out as a collective of, I guess you'd say, fan artists. And then that started to get noticed by the studios and then they started to commission the artists to create pieces. So yeah, earlier this year I was invited to do a, a piece to promote Captain Marvel before mm-hmm. that came out, like a, a social media poster. Uh, and then a bit more recently, um, I was able to do a, a Blu-ray cover for Spider-Man Far From Home, which was a real sort of dream come true, as you can imagine. Nice. And do you get to pick and choose the films? Do you, do you get? Do you ever turn any ones down? Where you're like, it's a bit shit. I don't want to. I don't want to have my name associated <laughs> with that. Um, well, with the classic movies, it's really nice. So I, I work with um, clients who own the licenses, where you're able to do posters. Um, so then it's a case of, you know, I'd really love to do a poster for this film. Like I mostly work as a portrait artist, but mm. some of the licenses actually don't let you include some of the actors so then i've kind of found this other avenue where i've started to explore how you can do something that pays homage to the movies in a different way like literally from another angle so i've done pieces for like jurassic park and jaws and alien that all actually and die hard where i only just showed the top of bruce willis's head because i couldn't show his face but you know as long as you get the the hairline right it can work um so it's kind of opened up another avenue actually where the license kind of limits you but it gives you a different creative uh, outlet for it, doesn't it? Exactly. It's opened a whole other sort of side to my work that I didn't know was there, actually. So, it's, yeah, it's been good. And who are you? Good sir. So, I'm David Litchfield, and um, I'm also an illustrator. So, uh, I 
illustrate mainly um, children's books, so picture books, um, which I never thought that I would do. I thought I'd do, you know, quite, you know, cool things like Sam, like uh, movie posters and working well, isn't with Well, illustrating children's books is pretty cool. Yeah. It turns out it's really cool and it's really... And, you know, I, I absolutely love it. I don't want to do anything else now. Like, I find it a real sort of, you know, freeing uh, process. Like, I can just let my imagination run wild. And there's, like, no limits in children's books. You know, kids will, kids will just sort of accept the world that you present to them and will just go with it. And I absolutely find that, like, you know, a really exciting sort of form to work in. So yeah, I, w- I mainly work in children's books. Um, I uh, I write my own and I also illustrate for other authors. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also do book covers and a few a few other sort of, um, you know, editorial pieces sometimes, but it's mainly, mainly in the field of children's books. Do you have a favourite like animal that you have to draw well, quite regularly? Well, my first book is a book called The Bear and the Piano and that's kind of, that's really taken off and, you know, become quite popular. So I'm, I'm really fond of that bear, that bear. Um, I find him, you know, he'll, he'll always be with me. In fact, I'm thinking of getting a tattoo <laughs> of the bear somewhere oh, why not? in my body. Yeah. If you if you want to get a tattoo, well, yeah, I mean, I recommend getting reason one. Reason why not is because I'm an absolute wuss and a, I'm terrified <laughs> of the process of <laughs> having a tattoo. But you know, I like the idea of it a lot. So yeah, maybe one day. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, I think children's illustrators are definitely cool. I mean, yeah, when I we are used cool. to read, we are cool. <laughs> when I used to read, obviously, for us it was um, Roald Dahl growing up. Yeah, and when when he read the books that weren't illustrated by Quentin Blake, it was always like, oh, mm, a little bit let down. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there were some great illustrators also at yeah. Rolled Up, but I absolutely feel disappointed when it's not Quentin Blake. Yeah. It just, they, those two just went together just so perfectly. Just so magnificently. I met him recently. Quentin. Well, a couple of years ago. Mm. I say met him, I kind of like was a quivering. Stalked him. Yeah. yeah. He Stood next like to him. This, he was at an event and <laughs> he had his entourage and stuff. Um, and I went up to him and I just couldn't find any words to say. So <laughs> it was just like, hi. <laughs> and he just looked at me like some kind of oik and then I just moved on. <laughs> so, you know, met him is a strong word, but he, yeah, it was, he seemed very in his nice. presence. I was in his presence. You breathed some of the air that he exhaled. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, that was good absolutely. enough. Uh, so we're here talking about The Thing, which is your choice today, Sam. Yeah. Uh, can you tell us why you chose it and give us a two minute synopsis? I just think this film is incredible. And I can't actually remember the first time I saw it, but... I feel like I've all, it's like I've always known it. Like it just, the moment you have seen it, it just stays with you. Uh, and it's just an incredible horror film. Kurt Russell's amazing. There's just so <laughs> many cool, anyway, we'll get to that. But in terms of a synopsis, um, well, a team of American research scientists in the Antarctic are attacked by an alien that's been in the ice for 100,000 years. And this alien can take over and assimilate any other life forms. And then it attacks them. And then it attacks them. And yeah, it all goes from there. Nice. Helen, uh, you're a horror fan. I, 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 I can tell by the smile on your face you're a big fan of this. But uh, is, am I right? Yeah, I, I, um, <laughs> I can't remember when I, I first saw it. It was, it was quite a while ago, um, and I had wanted to see it for a lot longer before the fine the time I got to see it. Um, yeah, I, I think it's, it's great as well. Um, not all John Carpenter's films are as good as this. This is probably. This and Halloween are probably the best. Um, and this is the best version of the thing as well. So how many mind. versions are there to clarify? Well, there's there's sort of three. Um, I mean, I haven't seen the first one. 
Um, but I imagine it, it's quite different. Right. And then there's the sort of straight remake that came out a bit more recently in 2011. Which have you, I, have you I've seen, seen that one? I've seen that one, yeah. I can't. So I thought that was, was not supposed to be set up with the Norwegian people before it gets to yeah. the it's yeah. a, I think it's, I haven't actually seen it. I've seen some of the sort of CG and a bit, I think it's like a prequel that's sort of also a remake. Right. So it's like a homage. Maybe it's a bit, I know, akin to like Force Awakens in that sense of like where it's trying to, do a remix of some of the things that worked and also tell, yeah. expand the story. Um, but the CG effects, they look sort of okay, but they definitely don't have the, whereas the the effects in the, in the 1982 film just are timeless. Yeah. yeah from Rob Botton, these these were done. So who, yeah. what else did he do? Because I, I, I was He's quite American, prolific. I went on to, I think, I think they did Robocop also. Right. Um, he was only 22 when he did these makeup effects, really, which is unbelievable. Yeah, like, and to this day, oh, I don't think really that anything has anything has come close to it. Really, in terms of the being like, I think Alien is like a more terrifying film, mm-hmm. but the thing is the most horrifying film I can think of in terms of just the unbelievable effects when everything starts to like. It's, it's also like every time you watch it, I'm I still find like I'm seeing new things in it. Mm. Um, David, what are your thoughts? Well, I actually do remember the first time I saw the thing. Um, it was, so me and my, I have an older brother, seven years older than me, and mm-hmm. we used to share a bedroom, right. which is crazy now that I think about it. But um, we had a little black and white TV in our room and it was on late at night uh, on like channel four when I was about, I don't know, nine or 10. Um, and I stayed up and watched it with my brother in our dark bedroom. And I just, the, the thing that stands out is that scene with the guy, um, uh, the, the defibrillator. Yeah. Defibrillator. Yep. Defibrillator. That's yeah. the one, that scene. Um, and like the guy's hands get chopped off and then you just think, well, that's one of the worst things I've ever seen, <laughs> especially as a 10 year old. And then it just gets worse and worse. <laughs> and then the guy's head, like his neck stretches and then his head drops off and you think right well that's that's, <laughs> that's now it. the new worst and then the head grows legs and you just think how is this horror just carrying on and i i remember i mean that you know i was way too young to be watching that obviously but <laughs> absolutely even on a little black and white tv in the i don't know mid 90s early 90s or whatever that's that scene really st- stays with me and when i watched it the other day um all the uh, nightmares came from oh, back. Man, I was still terrified. <laughs> yeah, ten, that ten again. Absolutely. So how old are you? How old, I mean, you said you can't remember exactly, Sam, but how old were you guys? You said you were about 10 days. Yeah. How old were you when you kind of saw it? What kind of bracket were you? Maybe about 16. Okay. Oh, maybe. so not a bit older. Yeah. I didn't manage to see it as young as I would have liked to. Right. Unfortunately. My older oh, that was the was availability terrible, of it. He was a terrible influence on me. And share, sharing a room with him was mm. obviously very bad for these kind of films. <laughs> Because I was um, I was thirty eight when I first saw it. Oh wow, really? Yeah. So I think I'm going to have less affinity with this film as uh, compared yeah. to you guys. Well, I uh, I was watching like martial arts films all in my teens, so yeah. I, I didn't really see it. I think I was probably early twenties, like after university. Okay. So I came to it see. Later. I think you're missing out because you need to watch it on a kind of an old VHS kind of scratchy. Kind <laughs> I can kind of get that. Yeah, it's and where the sounds all wrong and stuff. It's, it's one of those films that sort of needs to be viewed like that at least once. I think. I think it's one of those things where I would have seen it in the old school video before, yeah. like pre-blockbusters. Yeah. So it was, it was your local video stop, sure. which is like rainbow video for me. Chill Hume mm-hmm. doesn't exist anymore. Shout out to uh, exactly to the to the, <laughs> to the distant past. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they would have had 
you know, when you kind of look at the at the horror section, you're like, oh. Yeah. And you kind of pick up the, mm. so it's like this is like Nightbreed for me. I was like, I, I don't think I can deal with that, to be honest with you. And I wouldn't be able to take it out anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, for me, horror wasn't that particular thing, but I can I can guess, I can see it from other people that this is like the pinnacle of like the body yeah. horror uh, genre or like tropes. It's weird, like the like those video covers, mm. they're just so distinctive and so like representative of that age and, and you know, Stranger Things, obviously, and all these kind of things, tapping into that, that kind of style. Mm. Like for me, when I think of the thing, I, I do think of things like Hellraiser as well. They're just yeah. completely packaged well, into that. Well, also, era. yeah, in terms of packaging, the other thing that's, as a, like a poster artist, it's the classic Drew Struzan poster, of course, with this, the Parker. And, and that was just basically he had famously had like one night to make the, that poster and he had no reference material. So the kind of the Parker and all the light coming out, there's literally just him, which he set up the lighting for it yeah. and did all in one evening, which that's is That's him wearing the parka. Him wearing the parka. Oh, that's actually a photo that's been like stylized, is it? Well, he's, he painted it. Okay. It's a photo of himself. Right, uh, right. That, so he did all the lighting, he painted it, and then he had to like ship it the next day. So the crazy thing would be like, he actually just had to post the original, I think while it was still slightly wet. Right. It's unbelievable to think of that nowadays. So, and then... Well, now it's all Adobe Illustrator. Well, yeah. Control, Shift, Alt, S, Export. Well, that's... Well, that's <laughs> Export for web. Well yeah. done on your shortcuts. Well, yeah. That's, well, that's one of the reasons. No, sorry, command. Sorry, I'm a, I'm a Mac guy. That's one of the reasons Drew said that he retired was like what was happening was like so he did some artwork for Revenge of the Revenge of the Sith, and then the studio kind of wanted like Darth Vader to be bigger in his composition, mm. whereas he felt it had the, like the perfect balance. They were then able to like take Darth Vader, make him much larger, right? And then it, it felt like it was being taken out of his hands as the artist because the marketing team were going to kind of take over, and that's where he felt it was time for him to retire. Oh no! Oh, he's kind of he's kind of done. He's come back a few times. He's a bit like Miyazaki in that way. Did he? Harry Potter? And Jay Z. Was it Harry Potter? Yeah, he but he did. Yeah. That's okay. right. He did the he did the first Harry so Potter. We did that after. And yeah. I think that was the point. Where it was like okay, right. or they didn't ask him back for Chamber of Secrets. Oh, okay. So because he wouldn't corroborate, he wouldn't make Harry bigger. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he wouldn't, wouldn't make Voldemort. You make that scar a bit bigger, please. <laughs> um, I yeah. As a result, I think of seeing it at 38, I found it a bit ridiculous. Um, I didn't find it scary or didn't find it gory. Um, well, I found it gory. I was like, Ugh. Yeah. But for you guys at seeing it at a younger age, it must have been like, like you say, you just thought, even on a black and white screen. Mm. So the first time you even saw it in colour must have been a different... Uh, yeah, I think it was. there was a big gap. Um, but I think I did get see it on video. I did see it on video, like, probably about five or six years after that. Yeah. Like, you know, when I was, like, in my teens and stuff. Um, I don't know. I still like watching it again the other day. I still find, I don't know. It's weird, isn't it? When you, it's almost like the E.T. thing. Like E.T. just looks like a big ball of rubber. Yeah. But you still fall in love Mm. with E.T. And you're still, and then when they kind of made the CG version, I wasn't as much as in love with E.T. You know, they redid. What? Did you not know about that? Yeah, it was, it's kind of been hidden. Spielberg's kind of hidden it. But they re-released it, what, for the, the 20th, right? 20th anniversary or something, where they CG'd E.T. And it's just horrifying. It's like he's got all these weird expressions now. And and what, for the whole film or just for certain bits? Yeah, certain things. I mean, it's like, you know, I don't know, what, 30, 40% of the, the E.T.'s are CGI'd. And so there's like an extra scene and stuff, yeah. In a kind of... I didn't dream this, right? This no, there's is a, definitely, this is a I've seen it. Yeah, is it the same it. version where he replaces the guns yes. with walkie-talkies? Yeah. So there was like a, yeah. there was a recut of it, which I think 
um, they may be like inserted some bits that they couldn't originally do yeah. because the technology wasn't there. Mm. But I think that's kind of, you just deal with that. And that's why like, Absolutely. Lucas has kind of fallen foul of yes. like, trying to replace stuff that, okay, you can't do it. Well, this but whole, that's how, it, that's how yeah. the film is remembered. Well, and this whole E.T. re-release kind of proves that, you know, you do, you know, the art of filmmaking is being affected by this, by CGI in yeah. many ways. Well, interesting though, but E.T. was also kind of blamed for the lack of success that yeah. the thing had because that was seen as like, that was the sci-fi film that people wanted at the time. A beautiful, well, e. like, was. In, yeah. in a recession, like right. they wanted the more hopeful, mm. um, happy alien. The thing is like the anti-E.T., isn't it? Because yeah, it came out like a week after or something, right? Yeah, like really, like, yeah, that, that, same, that same summer, yeah. I think the thing, I really, really do like the special effects and mm. I just think they're so ridiculous and bonkers that when I watch it, I just find it really, really funny. But yeah. I think it's also the kind of the atmosphere and when you're watching it, you really don't know who is infected. And yeah. it's, you know, it's had such kind of a legacy as well. I mean, the X-Files did um, an episode that was pretty much based on right. this. And hmm. it's just... The relationship that these guys have and you know that they're completely isolated and they've just seen like one of the dogs so obviously the the thing starts out as one of the dogs and watching it again this time the way like they got the dog to act mm. is amazing because you're like that dog's not a dog yeah and it doesn't look like a dog and it doesn't act like a dog and it's really weird and but it's it a little bit creepy <laughs> but it's it's like really good, yeah. good dog acting, really yeah. good. And um, yeah, and you just kind of don't really know who is infected mm. and who's not and who's going to like die so in like a, a weird... Paranoia and, thing yeah. Because I think it's the paranoia thing that, that gets to you, totally. got to me more than the yeah. the uh, head sprouting the legs. But there were some, there were some freaky um, things for me. Yeah. Um, like I said, the first guy that they realised, what after they realised you can get infected by it, um, the first guy who kind of is halfway through his transform transformation Ooh. into a human, and his hands are like freaky, like little claw hands. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. lobster, like lobster claw hands. Yeah, sure. that's like for me. It's like it's ugh. pretty terrifying. Yeah, yeah. When when he kind of runs out into the snow, and then it's the bit. It's as he turns, and it's the face that he does, and then also the sound effects. Mm. Yeah, the sound is on is so great. Um, it does. So it horrifying. To, it's like it goes past the point of. And The Exorcist kind of does this, where yeah. it goes past the point of ridiculousness, <laughs> where it's just so ridiculous that it goes into this sort of different realm of just being absolutely terrifying. And that scene in particular, the face he pulls is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> and you should be laughing at it, but it's just it just it just really affects well, it affects me that that scene in particular. Yeah. And obviously the head scene, which I will never get over. The head coming off, stretching yeah, off and then. Yeah. Um I with the dog thing. I was because I, I I lived in Norway for a few years, so I speak okay. Norwegian. And so. that first scene, it comes out, and um, the Norwegians are like this, 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 like screaming at them in Norwegian. And when he's uh, when he's just shouting, it's like, oh, he's saying that's not that's not a dog. It's some kind of thing. Get away from me, you idiots! Yeah. So I was just like, I was just like reading oh, really? as, so as it, the film came out. So if you'd have been there, none of this would have happened. Yeah, I'd be like, guys, <laughs> he said, but he still doesn't really explain what it is. It just goes, yeah. it's a thing. It's like, what does that even mean? That's yeah. not. It doesn't. It doesn't actually help anyone. Um, but then I thought that I did really like that dog, and I think that's that's exact kind of dog I want is a husky. If they weren't so like bum, boys, not one that turns into the thing. No, no. not one that turns okay. into the thing. Just checking. Um, I'll take it back to the. It's such a great opening though, just like just the wide shots, and then you just what what is this? Why is the dog running like? Why are there people chasing a dog? Yeah, yeah. cruel people. Is this you know doing this for fun? 
and then the way it just very quickly unravels like with they're, they're still trying to they get land the helicopter mm-hmm. one that's trying to shoot it then they blow the helicopter up because they, they throw, <laughs> drop the grenade yeah oh, it's just that's so good you're straight in and the other thing about it is like all the different we don't really get to find out much if anything about the characters mm. but you feel like they've already been there for ages it's like they know each other really well and or you know some of them like some some of them like some of the characters some of them are already not like another character yeah. and it's like yeah, just yeah, under- that's where the factions kind of draw, yeah. nat- draw the natural line it's and quick almost- to establish the characters as yeah. well it's not much backstory really is no. there with them it's um apparently there was in the screenplay like there, there was a little synopsis like right. McCready's meant to be he was like a Vietnam veteran okay and as the pilot and everything and apparently it was actually he was really he became the main character in the edit so originally they were more hedging right. their bets and it was more of an ensemble right um, and then they actually defined it to be more built around McCready. Because I think the... Was, was Kurt Russell the most well-known actor out of them in the first place? I guess. I mean, was this, well, was this after think. Escape from New York? I'm just trying to think when... I think that was 1981, right? But he'd yeah. been working in film since he was a young kid, yeah. though, wasn't he? So he was probably quite well as a child actor, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. So, yeah, I guess... Um, but I would have thought... I don't know if the other... Um, maybe the boss guy if he's I think he seems to ring a bell oh the, yeah Will for Brimley yeah yeah yeah. that's right he's like a character actor right he's been in a few sort of um, he's been in a lot of films in the 70s I seem to recall him popping up in yeah. certain scenes well, I guess for a while well he's because he, he's kind of doing the stuff on the computer like mm. analysing how it's going to spread and if it gets to the city so for a minute it's like he's oh I'm thinking of the the, like the the guy who's really in charge. The yeah, the guy that shoots he shoots the Norwegian guy mm. from the window. To the oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, of course. What's yeah. his name? He's quite a famous actor. But I think Kurt Russell Hollywood wise Hollywood wise would have been the the one who the biggest one in there. Um, what we like, in t- um, Kurt Russell has like we said, he's a child actor, very very prolific. Hasn't really slowed. Well, he's slowed down a bit, but he's still uh, everyone everyone of every Tarantino age knows Kurt, Kurt Russell. Don't kind they? Of is keeping him. In business, yeah. Do you think he's keeping in business though, or is he just thinking? Is he just like, I think he's still got kudos, hasn't he? Yeah, well, I mean, I, the I, Guardians I, of the Galaxy too. Yeah. yeah, he's still. I have to say, watching this film because over Christmas, my son got absolutely obsessed with the Christmas con- Chronicles oh, yeah. on yeah, and mine, Netflix. Yeah. Oh, that so, was a Kurt Russell one. That, that he's Santa yeah. Claus. Yeah, in that yeah one. That's right. and seeing him as Santa. This adorable Santa, like the most perfect Santa you could ever wish for. Mm. And then watching this film. <laughs> so um, I'll be saying that after the thing. <laughs> it's quite trapped jarring. in the snow. He goes to the North Pole. But even worse than that was Become like, Santa. Uh, I, at, this, at, at Christmas, I also watched The Hateful Eight, yeah. where he's in that. And I just could not adjust from, because he kind of looks like Santa in The Hateful Eight as he well. He's got the big bushy beard. And there's another connection there, because the, the theme music that wasn't used by Morricone for The Thing ended up being used by Tarantino. Oh, yeah. Was it Morricone that like, scored this? It yes. was, yeah. Yeah, and it's weird because it's like, you know, the that kind of synthesizer beat that it uses. It feels so John Carpenter. Mm. But actually, this is apparently the first time Carpenter didn't score his own movie. Because I didn't actually realise that he was... What? Which was he first? Was it director first or com- composer first? Or he just kind I of... I think he just kind of did Composed it. out of necessity almost. Yeah. It's like, I think yeah. he just made music at, for his films. I think it was because no one else was kind of yeah. doing what he wanted. So he and was the just music's like, awesome. Mm. Such a good musician. I mean, it's all done on synthesizer, right? It's yeah, all well, like yeah, the, all pre, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, from New York. Incredible. Uh, but then I love the score in this as well. It's, mm. And it's so just perfectly creepy mm. and just it goes, it's like goose hairs kind of thing. Yeah. You feel it. Uh, is this your favourite Kurt Russell film? Uh, I think so. I'm 
I haven't really seen that many films. I couldn't really name. You would have. I think you'd probably know more than you than you think with Kurt Russell. But ones that I've seen. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, interesting. Ooh. I think it probably is mine. Mm. Um, I do like Escape from New York a lot. Um, Big Trouble in Little China. That's probably, yeah. my, that's probably my favourite. Was that, was that John really... Carpenter as well? That was, yeah. 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 They, they, he's like his De Niro, I guess. His Martin Scorsese is De Niro. Yeah, yeah. He was going to be Han Solo, right? Kurt? That's right. Yeah. And you can totally see it. I think you could. Yeah, I think we could have bought. We could have all bought that. Yeah. And never, never heard of Harrison Ford. Mm, yeah. So I think um, looking back, the film I used to love most with him in it when I was younger, even though it's very problematic now, is Overboard. Um, oh right, yeah. I, is that? <laughs> yeah. With see, I've Gumby never. Horn? That's not one of my teen, my childhood memories. Yeah. That's so yeah, Goldie Hawn where yeah, he and they go on the run. No, no Goldie Hawn no. gets beat, she falls overboard and she forgets her she gets amnesia and then oh, he kind of it like says Oh yeah, you're part of our family. You're our, you're my wife, these are your kids. Um, can't you remember how to up. wash the dishes? That's, that's, yeah. that's awful. <laughs> but in the eighties I was like da, da, da. But, that's they, <laughs> but that's how they met, right? Yeah, and, uh, I think so. In the, on the yeah. film set, not the actual incident. Uh, yeah. <laughs> point out. Not, story. not yeah. a problematic incident. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Big Trouble in Little China is probably my favourite. He had like, but he did a lot of Disney films. Um, yeah, those kind of the world's greatest athlete and stuff like that. I think were. I honestly never knew he was a child actor. He's really? always had had that kind of old mm. grizzled face in my mind. Even when he was young, he still kind of had that slightly <laughs> yeah, grizzled face. Maybe he just grows a good beard, like straight away. I think away, so, yeah. Like, Bosh. I think, yeah, he's definitely really only been McCready. Have you not seen the Christmas Chronicles? No. no. Oh, man. You've I know it's, an, it's, no, a Netflix, it's, it's a Netflix joint, isn't it? But It's really, it's like, it's. I mean, it's very old school, but it's almost, I think it's, I think it's the most perfect Christmas film. <laughs> Since Santa Claus the movie, he's up, he's up there with Richard Attenborough. <laughs> Yo, totally. Very different. Seriously, my son who what who, miracle? My son was six at the time when uh, Christmas just turned seven. It, we must have watched that film over Christmas about uh, 20, 25 <laughs> times. Like I know all the words to the songs and stuff. But oh, the songs in it? Yeah, yeah. He says he, he goes to jail. Santa and Tastas, he gets them all pie. And, oh, um, spoilers. Yeah, no. Oh, yeah, sorry. We're venturing into yeah. alternative territory here. Maybe an opportunity to uh, we'll definitely do another we'll podcast. Yeah, yeah, well, the sequel's coming out. Christmas so. special. Is it? Yeah. Oh, that's good news. Um, well, let's head to the scores. So, welcome to the uh, painted Flix Watcher scores. All of our scores are out of five. You may have decimal places if you wish um and we will start with you sam with the recommendability please i'm going straight in with with five for this because with the slight caveat that it would depend what other horror horror movies you'd seen mm. uh if you'd never seen a horror movie like maybe not start with possibly the best one um because <laughs> well, it sets the bar too high yeah because then all right from, then it's downhill from here i mean there's obviously loads of great horror films but i think this is at the very top do you th- is it your best horror film? Possibly. It's up there with like The Shining and I guess Alien yeah. as well. See, I Aliens, I can, get the, I can get the Alien vibe. That's fucking fantastic. Yeah. But it's not really horror film. Is it horror? I don't know. It's interesting because you're saying it's a horror film, whereas I probably would call it a sci-fi first and a horror mm-hmm. second mm. would you call, or equal. Would you call the, th- the Thing a sci-fi first and a horror second? Yeah. Right. Or a... Well, they're very similar. A slash. Mm. A slash. Yeah. Horror slash sci-fi. Yeah. Like if you swap space for the snow and 
you know, and it's also like I guess you got you got this rogue element which you're not sure yeah. how it works, how it functions. There's the body yeah. horror element as well. Body horror, the body alien horror. Yeah, exactly. comes out of the chest. But it's also like aliens because the idea of the Norwegian camp is like um L V four two six. Good. Where they where they go to the planet and you know, they're trying to work out what's what's happened already. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. so there's Interesting kind of crossover. And also the trapped there. element, I guess. Like yeah, the claustrophobia. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, without giving away the spoilers to Alien, Ooh, yeah. um, which is the which has the grossest moment for you? Is it the thing or is it Alien? I would still say the thing. Okay. For me. Um, yeah. There's. Uh, oh. Okay. Um, we'll go to Sam whilst you're deliberating. I'm going to say Alien again without spoilers, but. I think, yeah, the effects in the thing are the most horrifying. There's something about Alien that's just that little bit creepier. Yeah, right. It's more unsettling uh, because, in a way, they show less. Because the thing you see so much, yeah. like you say, it just kind of keeps happening. It's like, mm. why is it still happening? Yeah. Um, that's Yeah, like, the Alien has the one scene. Mm. Che- whereas the thing is relentless. It's like, yeah. it's pretty much the whole movie is gross. Helen? So, I think... Because I was expecting it from the thing, Alien is more terrifying. So I know when I watched that for the first time, I was not expecting that. No. And the it's the kind of the reactions of everyone else that mm. makes it makes Alien so fun and delicious and <laughs> disturbing. Yeah, I think yeah, for me, the Alien's a bit more disturbing. Um, yeah, it's got the most horrific scene for me out of the two. Sam, recommendability score. You didn't uh, give us a score. He, oh, I was in straight at five. Five, oh, five. Yeah. Sorry, five, I, I yeah. missed that in there. I just think, yeah, you just you just need to see it if you haven't. So, David, I think I would say five. Um, just everything, even like the structure of this film, I think is like it's masterfully done. Um, the fact that we come straight into the story, you know, like we say, and there's not much in terms of like character build up. It's just like you're straight in this situation. Yeah. And I love that. <laughs> yeah, the setting, the characters, everything about it is, yeah, five. Helen? Um, I'm going to go a little bit lower. I'm going to go for a solid four. Um, I mean, I really, really like this. Um, but it's interesting that you watching it for the first time now did not love it as much as maybe but someone I, who's But that's also me who's classically not asked about horror in any way, shape no. or form. Okay. But also I think the, the special effects... Um, it's interesting because I think they're great and I think they're really weird and they're really fun. I don't quite know if they've aged as well as some of maybe the other effects. I think because when David was saying about it being relentless because there's like lots and lots of it all the time. So if they, what do you think if they had like half the amount of gross stuff, it would have stood the test of time in the same way that Jaws perhaps does because you don't see the shark so much? I don't know. I just think if maybe just taste have changed a little bit and right. around that time it was trying to basically see what you could do with special effects and push it and keep doing it in, in weird and wonderful ways but I don't know I think that maybe now the special effects are maybe a bit a bit silly a bit funny and I think that kind of works against the tone of the film a little bit because I think the the rest of the film is really really strong but mm. I, watching the special effects again I was a bit like oh there are mm. so it's not the standard it's like you're pushing it in a way that makes takes you out of the film almost a little bit yeah because yeah. I think the the way that it sets up the kind of who's in who's infected who's 
uh, you know, the creature. And we haven't talked about the ending. The ending is like really mm. sort of like grim and desperate as well. Um, having those effects that have now become what the film is known for mm. kind of takes away a little bit from how good the rest of the film is. Mm. But I do really like it. And if you haven't seen it and um, you're not squeamish, then definitely see it. Or if you are squeamish, mm. then do watch it. Because I think I'd seen most of the, of the gory bits without having seen the film itself. You, you know they're coming. And I think there was always just like, oh, this is the film. Because like the bit where you're talking about with the defibrillator. Yeah. Because um, the amount of documentaries I've seen, do you know, actually, it's a guy who's an amputee. Yeah, and they, sure. uh, yeah. for that like three second shot where you see with with no hands, and it's like, okay, with no arms, it's like, okay, so I know how that's done. And it's in the upside down head with the, with the legs coming out. Yeah. Loads of times. Yeah. And hadn't seen like the things with the dogs. But um, I think... I'm fascinated that this guy was 22 when mm. he was doing this because that's yeah, like what an imagination. Maybe putting a, a massive stamp on the industry, like, guys. This is this is what I can do. So <laughs> yeah, um, maybe that's what he was kind of yeah thinking. It's I would like to like, see what the script looked like and yeah. what he how he tried to expand that. Like so his much. influence on yeah. it. I think it's impossible. Like when you watch it, you can't help but be impressed mm. by the effects. But then that also, in a sense, maybe does take you out of the film because you're kind of going, wow, this is like incredible that they did this. Cause you can see the effort that's gone into yeah. making it. Whereas in alien, just the way the effects are done there, I get that they're more like get the job done and then that's it. It's almost like show as little as you need to yeah. of the alien. To- but then, you know, the mind blowingly good scene where they've got the blood in the, Oh yeah. See, that's that's the tense that, scene. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there's no special effect. Well, at the end, it kind of all hell breaks loose. But, <laughs> but you know, the actual tension. There's yeah. no special effects involved in that at all. It's just you know, six guys in a chair. Because that when his boss explodes, yeah, like, at the fucking chair. <laughs> that was, that for me was the biggest jump actually when he yeah. just completely turned. Yeah. Um, yeah, and just that, and even just the tension of the flamethrower not working. I mean, it's oh, an yeah. obvious thing to that do. That didn't work but for too like, long though for me. I was just like. Click, click, click. Because, like, for five minutes, you couldn't get his flamethrower to work. And then Matey Boy has got a fully functioning flamethrower. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Why don't you try your flamethrower, mate? Yeah. Well, he's too scared, isn't he? And then it's just... Oh, oh too scared, I guess. I guess when yeah. you've got a thing who could be any one of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and you presume... Do you reckon... Do you think you're conscious? Do you know you're the thing? Uh, yeah, I, th- I think maybe you've got a fear mm-hmm. about it. Right. Because Blair definitely knew yeah. that he was the thing. Which one was Blair? The one who they locked away. Right. Um, and then he was like, oh, let me back. And they're like, we're definitely not going to let you back. And he was like, great, because I'm going to be doing some things under the floorboards while you think that I'm locked away in here. So, yeah. So I, I but mean, when they yeah. locked him up, was it? I think it's interesting, is it like when they lock him up? Because he's like the most rational in the sense mm. of like, we've, no, this is like, we all need to kind of, mm. we're all going to die here. Mm. Um, and then maybe he's not at that point, even though he kind of goes crazy. But then, then when he's saying, oh, yeah, can I come back now? <laughs> it probably yeah. has been assimilated. I don't know. I've never thought of that. Like, how much of the thing are you? How much of the thing are you? And how much are you like? Because that, that's, again, why that scene with the blood yeah. is so good. Because it like it shows everyone's faces. Mm. And they're like, are they worried that the person next to them is? Yeah. Yeah. Or are they thinking, oh, I'm going to get found out? It's a brilliant. That's why it's so good. Because there's all that going on and there's all that amazing. tension. I think I would have loved more of that kind of side of things. Sure. Yeah, they could have definitely made that a bit bigger and maybe eat that out a little bit longer with the tension. Yeah. But. Or just have more scenes like that because it was always like, yeah, keep an eye on Matey Boy. I can't remember. Mm. I don't know any of the names apart from Mac and now I know he's, he was called Blair. Um, but when Blair said, well, it was Blair said, keep an eye on Thingy. Yeah. Um, so everyone did have suspicions as to who it might be yeah. and it might be 
drawing along the kind of party lines as to, well, I don't like him. Mm. He's a bit of a knobhead. Maybe it's him. Let's yeah. Yeah. Get, and then talk the, him off anyway. The whole like sort of um, bumping off matey boy who did, wasn't a thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> who, so his blood was, yeah, so is I can't remember his name now. Clark yeah. goes in with a knife yeah. and then they just find out that he wasn't. Mm. And then like Charles is like, so you just, you just murdered. But also and, just that in that ending, it's just, you know, like, like, are they still there? Are they still, like, looking at each other? <laughs> Which one is it? Is it me or is it you? So, uh, so recommendability score for me, I'm going to go for a 3.8. I think it's an, it's a classic. Um, I can... If someone asks, should I watch it? Uh, you know, do you like... Do you, are you afraid of gore? No? Yeah, watch it. Mm. Um, I think I do like the way it is um, physical special effects. Yeah. And I, I can only think probably one of the main reasons I wouldn't want to watch the new ones because it would be CGI mainly, I'm sure. And that wouldn't look as good. And I really love like how- It's not very good because mm. they just take the best bits from this one yeah. and kind of fudge them into a story. Just, and you're like, mm. well, I've already seen those in the in the other, in one, other one better. And I think one thing I really love about the, I've not seen the new Dark Crystal TV series, but I love the fact they've done it all like physical puppets. And stuff. So I'm looking, for, I'm looking forward to watching that. Yeah, I can't wait to watch that. If they've done that as a CGI- Fuckathon as someone who yeah. previously came on as podcast, <laughs> quite, which I love. Um, I think I'd be less interested. Mm. Uh, and when you talk about that ET, so that that ET version came out in two thousand and one. Yeah, because yeah. that, that just sounds it, it just weren't they just weren't at that stage where CGI he's, he's not all good. like that. There's just some bits where I think it's mm. mainly where they couldn't really film him, make him walk properly. Mm-hmm. So. There's not many like long shots, I think. Was but I can understand. Sure that's, yeah. that's the point I mean, though, because it's still with Jurassic Park, they used CGI very, very sparingly, didn't they? But it sounds like with the ET, they've used, they put it in there when it didn't need to be. No, no one's a fan of it. No. Yeah. I think Stephen was chatting with George, wasn't he? George, yeah. George influenced him a bit like, too much. There's there. a late night, night play drinking. With, play with your yeah. classics. Yeah, yeah. Play with your classics. It's like there was talk of doing it with Jaws as well, and I think that whole ET experience stopped them in their tracks to do that because well I don't know if they're suddenly like Disney buy them out they might just uh, oh, do it don't remake all the worst. yes that'd be the worst or remake it with a friendly dolphin <laughs> <laughs> uh, repeat viewing score Sam well I'm trying to think I think I've seen this I guess six or seven times now mm-hmm. and will you continue to watch it I will continue to watch it um I feel like it's almost like a bit of a Christmas movie with all the snow <laughs> and everything. Gets me in the mood. It does look ace though, doesn't it? I mean, without that helicopter yeah. going across, yeah. um, if they were to do a shot for shot remake, the, A, lots of CGI, mm. B, green screen. Yeah. It wouldn't have the the weights behind it that, so, that this does. I'm trying to think what's going I think I'll go, go with the four. All right. You can have decimal places, by the way, guys. Um, as many as you want. David, repeat being score. I'm going to say 4.5 then in that case, because... Um, how many times do you reckon you've seen I've it? I've probably seen it five or six times as well. Um, so that by that rationale, the Kurt Russell Christmas special is five times better. <laughs> <laughs> I was forced to watch that so most <laughs> half of those. Um, half, yeah, um, yeah. It's very re- rewatchable. Once you know the ending and once you know the situation, it's almost like you have to watch it again to mm-hmm. sort of try and spot, you know, when the people are turning and yeah. what, you know. So there's a, there's that factor to it. Um, and yeah, just watching it for, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, I do love those special effects. So just watching it for that and just knowing that you're going to be grossed out is always fun. Helen. Um, so I'm going to go for a four. Um, I mean, I've probably seen it about six times, although 
Have I seen it? I may have seen it, not seen it since I'd seen the 2011 mm. version. So it's been mm-hmm. a while for that. But I think it's quite a good length as well. It's an hour 48, so it's not too long. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, and definitely watching it this time, there were some bits that I'd completely forgotten. Yeah. Um, so yeah, a four. I'm going to go for two and a half. Um, don't think I'm going to watch it that often. Uh, I will watch it again at some point. But I did... I, Considering the time, the first time I watched it till now was probably like six months apart. Yeah, you watched it fairly recently. Yeah, um, and I, but then like you say, David, it's the kind of thing of like, oh, trying to work out almost like Cluedo, which when yeah. when are they the thing? When did they become the thing? It doesn't it doesn't really help you. I'm not sure you can really unpick it, can you? Or do you guys were you guys able to figure out when like the first guy turned into the thing? I, I, I listened to an interview with the cinematographer Dean Cundy, and apparently there's a bit so in that in the blood test scene. They did this thing where there's a there's a light in everyone's eyes that isn't the thing, right? right. And then um, is it Palmer? Uh, he he Makes hasn't point. got the he hasn't got the extra light, so his light the light in his eyes is flat. Oh really? And then okay. he's 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 the one that's going to turn. Oh wow! So there's, that, that doesn't happen all the way through. It's just in that one scene, but right. Then maybe there's other things like maybe. that. Yeah, to become infected, do they need to be somewhere near kind of the proximity of the thing being the thing? So does it account for like where they are? when yeah i guess they've got to have been alone with it I mean, yeah because the, the that was the whole point about he'd been alone with the dog which is why yeah. that's the kind of the suspicion about that mm. um uh, and then he's actually fine which is it's great because you're not sure but but also like when it happened when it's happening it's like so obvious in a way the aliens are a bit it's a bit of a weird it's actually the worst system if you want to assimilate yeah because it's pretty obvious when it's happening <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah you need a you bit want, of time don't yeah. you yeah you, you want to do it yeah it needs to do it in a more subtle way um, small screen score, Sam. I mean, I've never. I would love to see it on the big screen, and mm. I never actually have. I would um, have thought this is a Prince Charles yeah, classic. Yeah, I would have thought it, if they oh, yeah. must have done a, a John Carpenter yeah. season or um, double bill or triple bill or something. What else would be in John Carpenter season of the Prince Charles for you? Uh, Halloween. Got to say the fog. <laughs> never seen that. Never seen either of those. I've only seen the fog once, actually. I don't think the fog is great, but mm. there's lots of bits that I like in it. Yeah. For maybe they live big trouble in little China and this. Yeah. For okay, a triple bill. The, uh, and Escape from New York. Yeah, this and uh, Starman. Yeah, and he made Starman after this because of the backlash. So it was a response to it, wasn't yeah. it? Because everyone that's was like, kind of like, mm, like yeah. E.T., isn't yeah. it? He's like, yeah. oh, I made E.T. then. I can do E.T., yeah. friendly. Oh, yeah, that's true, actually. Mm. Small screen score. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, my small <laughs> score would be, I think I'm going to go for a, a four because that's the only place I've seen it and I keep coming back to it, so... I yeah four four and a half again for me because like I say that's where I saw it and seeing it on a really small screen um, almost gave it a different kind of potency and like I say what you know my memories of it are with kind of terrible sound and like the mm. picture being fuzzy and you know it being doing that horrible tracking squashy thing that they used to do on TV hmm. where it like you know they'd cut the edges off and the top off um, so it kind of added something to it <laughs> in a weird way um, so yeah I'd say four. Um, I'm also going to go for a four. Um, I've only ever seen it on a TV size screen. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd kind of be interested in maybe catching some other John Carpenters on a, on a big screen in the Prince Charles style. I would say four. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it was fine. I think because it's old school special effects, it probably work better. Uh, they have 
stood the test of time better mm. than they would have done if it was uh, CGI, even if even yeah. though obviously the CGI then was didn't would have been the worst. Yeah. Um engagement score. Engagement, I mean I just the moment this film starts, those opening shots and the following the dog and the helicopter, mm. I'm just in it for the what is it, one hour, forty eight minutes and I can just I just any anytime I catch it, I'm just gonna stay with it. So for me it's five I would agree. Yeah, I'd give it a five. It's an incredibly gripping film. Um, really kind of just takes, you know, you feel like you're in that place with them. Um, yeah, I, I, there's no way I would turn it off if I started watching it. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm also going to go for a five on this one. Um, I, watching it again, even though I kind of vaguely knew what was going on, um, it is just really good. And it doesn't really give you many clues as to who's what or what is going to happen mm. next because you've seen so much weird shit you're like well anything could happen and you kind of have you have to pay attention so that you're like oh did that person do that thing and it it you have to be re- it's rewarding to give it your full attention because i think the first time i watched it i was not then paying no, wasn't paying that much attention mm. uh second time i did pay more because i was trying to figure out if there was a pattern or you yeah. could see but then I couldn't figure it out. So if I watch it again, I don't think I'll be paying that much attention again. So I'm, I'm going to even that out as a four. Um, so you've literally only seen it twice. Yeah, literally only seen right. it twice. Okay. So that gives us a score of 4.26875. That's pretty good. Pretty good. Is. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we reached out to guys on Twitter. In this case, um, said we're reviewing the, we are reviewing The Thing with DC Litchfield, DC underscore Litchfield. Uh, and at Sam Gilby, have you seen it? Tells your thoughts when on air shout out on Flixwatch. I mean, this is the scene that terrified this gif is the scene that terrified David as a, as a youngster. So childhood <laughs> memories coming back there. We had a few um, responses, guys. Um, Sam, do you want to lead us off with the first one? Sure. So we have from the Countdown Pod, which is the Countdown Pod PC, the greatest horror film ever made, bar none, hands down. No more bets. Thanks for coming. Five stars. Uh, David, we got. So, Patrick Mann. The scene that really stuck with me is when the wolf in the kennel morphs into the oh, absolute morphs into the thing. Mm. Absolutely terrifying scene. Uh, gives it five out of five. Yep. Uh, visceral, gory, gritty. Even as the viewer, you want to run out into the freezing Antarctic tundra to spare yourself. But the monster can be anyone, even you. Terrifying film. I agree wholeheartedly. That really Patrick had Mann. an effect on Patrick. Yeah, didn't it? Patrick. Uh, He's smiling in his avatar. Are you sure he wasn't Patrick, smiling watching the Patrick thing? needs to go and watch ET, I think, as a yeah. palate cleanser. Calm down, man. Uh, and then for Screen and Country, a BFI podcast, they gave it five stars. This might be my favorite horror movie wow. of all time. And Sam, do you want to finish? Yeah, sure. So the Indie Film Review, which is at Indie Film Pod. Maybe we're at war with Norway. Five stars. <laughs> Fantastic. Is, there's so many amazing lines yeah. in this film. Yeah, a lot of love for it on Twitter, deservedly so. Yeah. Can you uh, sign off, guys, by telling people where they can find you online and um, say bye to everyone who's listening? Yeah, so I am Sam Gilby on Twitter and Instagram. And I've got a Facebook page, which is Sam Gilby Illustrates. And you can buy anything you do, anything you sell via, go to your Instagram. Yeah. Um, go to both your Instagrams to see the kind of artwork that you guys do, certainly. So when DC Litchfield tells you your Instagram, go there and look at the stuff, buy the badges and the posters and the books, I guess. Absolutely. Everyone's welcome. <laughs> so, yeah, you can find me on Instagram uh, as David underscore C underscore Litchfield and on Twitter... <laughs> 
as DC underscore Litchfield. <laughs> Didn't get there first with no, David Litchfield. No, I was Litchfield. way behind everyone yeah. else. Way behind the curve. Uh, but also davidlitchfieldillustration.com. Uh, there's links to all my stuff on there. So yeah. Fantastic. Thank you very much, guys. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Enjoyed this episode of Flixwatcher Podcast? Why not leave us a five-star review on iTunes? You can also follow us at FlixWatcherPod on Twitter and we're at FlixWatcher on Instagram. Thanks as always to the mighty people for their mighty, mighty tunes and Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. If you're looking to get your podcast edited as sweet as this, get in touch with Ben and that's Rockwood, R-O-K-K, Wood audio tell them Flixwatcher sent you you just heard a stripped media production <laughs>